Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, more Crash and Fourier. On WEEI and streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. It's time for Between the Pipes with Andrew Raycroft. Hey, let's go. There's going to be a lot of traffic on the way to the game. Ah, uh, don't worry. I got Bruins plate. People get out of our way. Au revoir. Have a good game. Great plates. I want them too. Are you even old enough to drive? Presented by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning. The name to know when your drains don't flow on WEEI. We welcome in our resident goalie, Andrew Raycroft, brought to us by Shaw's and Star Market, bringing people together around the joys of food by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning, the name to know when your drains don't flow, and by Frank's Red Hot. Visit franksredhot.com for great hockey and football watching recipes. Let's frank it up to the Harbor One hotline to our guy, Andrew Raycroft. Razor, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How are we doing? We're okay. Uh, Bruins are about to get back after it out in Seattle. But, uh, Razor, we know that the the trade deadline is right around the corner. And, of course, the hot name now connected to the Bruins is Vladislav Gavrikov. How do you view Gavrikov? Because it feels like, for whatever it's worth, Bruins social media seems to be split on this guy. Is he a top six? Is he better than what than at least one of the guys you already have on the back end? How do you view Gavrikov? So this is the issue with with the entire team. And when you're on a historic run like this, it's hard to find guys that are better than what you have already. And, and that's where the Bruins are right now. And that's why people are split on this, I think, in that, yeah, we... The Bruins need more people. If you're going to play 28 playoff games, you need more players because someone's going to get hurt, someone's going to get hit with pucks, something's going to happen. But right now, this Bruins team is so good, this back end, the top six have been so good, they've been so healthy that you you can easily find lots of ways that a guy like Gavrikov can't get in the lineup because of what Forbert done, what Clifton's done. But you also need a guy like Gavrikov if one of those guys go down. So it, it's, a, it's a tough balancing act that Don Sweeney has because of how good this team is, but also knowing that you need more players come playoff time. So with that, is, is, there, a, is there an NFL and HL player that the Bruins should avoid? Well, there's, I mean, I think we've, there's guys that they don't need. There's guys that they don't need to sell the farm or, or trade. I think you're getting close to the point where you're, you're seeing that any player 
anytime if you have to take one of these main players that Bruins have off of a off the roster for someone else, it's probably not worth it. Um, you could go all the way. You know, is a Jacob Trickin worth it? If you're going to give up five guys for, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm getting the sense that that it's not worth it to them. It's getting this to be the sense that the price is too much and. And no, there's just a lot of holes that don't need to be filled on this team. Is that really what it's coming down to with Gavrikov is the cost? Because I know, again, in just, you know, trolling through social media and reading what people have written about it, Razor, it is kind of a, well, if you can just give picks, then that would be great. But if you have to start swapping bodies, then nah, is it really worth it? No, exactly. And, and I've seen, you know, the, the, the argument that a first and a third is too much for a guy like Gavrikov. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work for me at all. Give up every – the first-round pick's going to be 32nd overall. If you go back into history and see how many guys at 32nd in the NHL uh, made it to the NHL and actually played NHL hockey games and actually played Stanley Cup playoff games, the number's really low. Uh, it, NHL first-round picks at the bottom – half of the draft aren't far from guarantees. It's not the NFL where you're putting that guy in the lineup next season, no matter what. So where the Bruins are this year, give up your first, give up your third. The third round pick is going to be a hundredth overall. It's, it's just not a guarantee. And if you can get an NHL player, that's going to help you in the Stanley cup playoffs. Now you're giving up all those picks. So, you know, Marshan was on a local podcast here. Um, and one of the things that stood out to me is that he mentions, uh, he, said, he says that, uh, just paraphrasing here, he says that they're not dominating teams. They're just finding ways to win. Then I went back and looked at their last, like, three games, and they outscored their opponents 14-3. <laughs> to three. So I'm like, is that just him just being careful? I mean, or, is, or do you really feel like he's being truthful? Well, uh, no, I think he's being, he's being a little humble. I think but when you win, as, when you've only lost eight games through 56, you're dominating. Uh, they're not going to say it. They're not going to come out and say it in that way. But the reality is they're dominating. The, their goal differential tells everyone they're dominating. And, listen, the NHL, it, it never feels like you're dominating. Each NHL game is always tight. You can always look through it and say, oh, if this goal went in, then it would be a different game, just like playing Ottawa the other day. It was a 1-1 game for a long time. It, so, so you can, as a player, you're not going to feel it as dominant because you're putting so much effort in, but, no, they're dominating this NHL season up until this point. Do you think there's a little bit of trying to control the narrative there, considering that Brad Marchand also spoke about the President's Trophy, and he was kind of the, hey, we've been there, done that. It's winning the Stanley Cup, not the President's Trophy. Is this a part of controlling the narrative, Razor, or do you think some of these players start to lean into, hey, we've proven who we are, now it's time to go prove it by hoisting a cup? No, I think they've... I think it's a bit of both. I think they're controlling the narrative that they're not concerned about the regular season and, and they are leaning into the fact that they have to win a Stanley Cup or, or have as good of a chance to win a Stanley Cup as they have ever had. So, so they believe in that wholeheartedly. They know that they, these guys definitely know that what's going on right now doesn't really matter unless you win the last one. But I also think they want to enjoy all of these wins and enjoy the process and know how hard – they also know how hard it is to win the NHL and, and what they're doing now. You, you do have to enjoy it in this moment and not get caught up looking ahead, knowing that really at the end of the day it's what happens in the playoffs that'll be what everyone remembers. Yeah, and is it also true that, you know, based on, you know, just 
maybe it's less about record but more about matchups. There can be a team that is not necessarily have as many points or good of a record, yet they're just a terrible matchup for you. And sure as hell you meet them in the first round and it just ruins your whole the whole uh, postseason. It, it can. And listen, that's the other big thing that I think is is getting a little bit maybe too much play in that what the Rangers are doing when they get Tarasenko, what the Toronto Maple Leafs do in getting Ryan O'Reilly. You're not going to see those teams. Toronto and Tampa Bay are playing each other in the first round, basically guaranteed. New Jersey and the New York Rangers are playing each other in the first round on the other side. You can't see the Rangers. You can't see Carolina until the third round. And who knows what these teams look like after a month of playoff hockey. So that's the, that's the thing with trying to temper yourself with what other teams are doing and the Bruins need to get players because the Leafs did it and the Rangers did it. Well, they're not going to see those guys. And, and last year there was – there was chances of seeing all of those teams because the Bruins were in seventh or eighth place. Now that they're first overall, they're looking at one of these teams that are going to slide in the back door on the last day of the NHL season. Andrew Rayner. No one knows what. Go, oh. go ahead, Razor. My bad. No, I, yeah, yeah, no, no. So I'm just saying it's really hard to look at these matchups and, okay, what's Carolina doing? What are the Rangers doing? When, by the time they see them, if they do see them in the playoffs, it's a whole month of hockey that, that no one can predict, and there's going to be injuries, et cetera, et cetera. Andrew Raycroft with us. Speaking of injuries and roster construction and things like that, um, the Bruins keep both goalies, right? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't really want to entertain the silliness, but your, your thoughts on even entertaining moving one of those guys. No, 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 no. Yeah, let's, let's like, let it go. Uh, everybody had a good laugh and, and a good talk. I, 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 I must have got 15 messages the last three days from people in Canada and people in Toronto saying, what's going on? Like, I thought you guys knew what, what was going on in the NHL down there. I thought you guys, Boston people, knew what hockey was. And uh, so, no, that's not happening. No, 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 no. And, and yeah, we don't even know, need to go into the reasons for it. <laughs> so, Okay. <laughs> So let me ask. Let me follow up that question. That 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 question with uh, like a stupid hockey question because I got to put you on the spot now. You know, the more I talk to you, the more I learn. Like this is the most educational interview I, I do every single week. Now, now, Razor, be honest, okay? Now, is puck luck just a is is puck luck a real thing or is it just an excuse hockey players use to explain a loss? <laughs> no, puck luck. A real thing. Puck luck. You you go through stretches where you get it, and there you go through stretches when you don't. And it can depend on your hard work. It can be depend on your attitude. And it's a real thing. And it's just like, like I said a, a few questions ago about when you, Brad Marchand's talking about not dominating. As a player, that puck luck changes everything. Whether, you know, you hit the post in the first period, if that goes in, that changes the entire game. And so you can go through each game and find puck luck and find different opportunities within that, whether it goes your way or not. So, yes, puck luck is a, is a real thing <laughs> in the NHL. Because Bill Belichick wouldn't buy it to bounce no, the ball for you. Is that where it. you're going? Is that where the road oh, you're going God. down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's get Bill Belichick on a, a lie detector test and ask him about the tuck rule. And I would suggest Ooh. that that might have a little bit of puck luck involved in that too, right? Very <laughs> fair. Win that, it goes a different way altogether. Well, uh, I'm sure that the first thing you did every year was learn the NHL rule book inside and out. So if there was a tuck rule, you would be aware of it, right, Razor? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Rule 15.7, Section C. Yeah, I've got it memorized. I've got it memorized. Were the rules different when you played in Italy? Did you have to learn, like, whatever their rules were? Or I don't know if it's universal or not. 
Oh, the the rules, yeah, they were all different, and it, it was uh, they were certainly very backwards uh, by the time and I is, got over there. Is there like a, like a real obscure rule that like that you that kind of like bit you bit a team that you were on, like that you suffered a loss because nobody knew the obscure rule? Hmm. Great question. Uh, Just tap dancing. That- I was going to say tap dancing so Razor could think a little bit. I wonder if something like that might be more connected to certain ranks where where yeah, it's almost like different baseball stadiums where it's like, yeah, we got the general rules, but here are the ground rules, and it's a little different at this ballpark. It makes me wonder if some of those dumpy barns you've played in, there was, you know, oh, the if the puck gets uh, wedged underneath the board in the corner, then we'll just pull it out and go from whatever, <laughs> you know? Yeah, there was definitely more variance uh, in the in the 2000s, late 90s, when when the buildings were all different sizes, and and there was no video replay. So that I mean, that was the big thing is that you guys refs would just make stuff up at different times, and and there was nothing to back it up. So more than anything, you you didn't even know if you were getting screwed by a, a bad rule or a weird rule because the ref just said, "No, this is the way it is," and they dropped the puck, and you keep going. So I, I don't recall like a specific rule, but there's, I'm sure there was tons of times where the ref had no idea what the rules were, and he was making it up. All right, Razor, it is time for the Tickle Trunk. And, uh, you know, I felt like last year the Tickle Trunk was pretty easy, and now everything has been so good. It's almost like you got to dig deep. But what do you got for the Tickle Trunk this week? I, it is. And last year, was yeah, I like to be – I like to kind of get guys going and, and go put some guys that are struggling, but no one struggled this season, so – this, I'll put Jake DeBrusque in it this week just because of we saw what he's worth to this team coming off of 17 games out of the lineup. Two minutes in, the power play scores. He scores it. The next game he scores again against Ottawa with Brad Marchand doing all the work down low and then getting it to the net. So Jake DeBrusque and what he means to, to you know, basically turning his career around and, and struggling last season with, with some of the coaching decisions and turning it around this season and the attitude he has now and his, the leadership and, and the importance that he has in this, in this lineup. Uh, good on Jake, and, and he's, he's a great kid for doing that. Is it an uh, overnight trip into Watertown tonight, getting off at like 1 o'clock in the uh, morning or something like that? You making that bleary-eyed drive home, or are you just going to sleep in your, in your uh, massive SUV? No, I'm. Yeah, well, maybe I'll just. Yeah, I'll just drive over to EI and hang out there. See you guys in the morning. Sure. On the way you, you got you the passcode. You'll you'll be nice and safe, and there ain't no one here at overnights. You can come into studio and go to sleep. Greg Hill put you on six a.m. Hell, Wiki can't do math, so maybe you could add for him. <laughs> oh, I'm staying out of that one. But no, I'm making the trek to Watertown tonight. So yeah, the West. Co- Although. We got lucky because Saturday night's at 7, so Eastern time. So we got an early one Saturday, so ah. just tonight just tonight that I have to really grind it out. Well, so. I would say if you're looking for a quick little laugh, uh, find hour one of the Greg Hill Show on the leads and uh, listen to the <laughs> Wiggy math on goalies in the playoffs. You'll have a ripping, oh, it's a ripping yeah. good yarn, buddy. You will love it. You'll text him afterwards, I guarantee uh-huh. Talking about leaning into things, Wiggy's really leaning into this one. Not yeah. gonna let it go. Well, it's a deadline, you know. So by yeah. uh, by uh, next Saturday, it'll go, go poof. Our friend Andrew Raycroft, <laughs> you'll be able to catch him tonight on Nesson as well. Razor, thank you, buddy. We appreciate it. Thanks, Have a good Razor. weekend. All right, guys. Thanks, thank you. There too. we go. There goes uh, Andrew mm-hmm. Raycroft. What does he put Jake DeBrusque in the on that? Well, what, what, what do you mean a lot of comments on what? Hey, 
know, like the whole puck luck thing. Well, you know, if you know the puck hits the post, things can go differently. Yeah. How about like if uh, you know the the kicker, uh, you know, doesn't hit the uprights and the and the ball actually goes in. I mean, it's a big difference. I mean, what's what's the what's the puck luck equivalent in the NFL? I mean, isn't it the same in like any sport? Like puck luck is, you know me, what, to me yeah, is yeah. just like a lazy way of excusing your loss. Oh, you know, it might as well use the hockey gods. Let's use that. Puck luck in the NFL to me is, oh, the play was blown dead. You get lucky on that because you have a fumble that gets a scoop and score and goes the other way. And then they're like, no, no, wait a minute. We already blew it dead. We can't go back and review it and all that. Keep pondering because I see you pondering. (laughs) We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, more Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. All right, before we get into the Red Sox, I know we got the lunchtime parlay coming up around the corner at uh, 11.50. i got to find a team. Why are you uh, – don't worry about it. Because we're moving things around here as well in terms right, of good, picks and good, things. Like, we're all learning good. the things you can and can't parlay. It's like a part of the uh, deal. But, no, I want to get back to you. What okay. is this obsession with puck luck? Why, 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 no, 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 no. why bring it's it up now? Ob- it's not an obsession. I just feel like – Listen, it bothered you grew you up enough on the East Coast. You grew up on question. the East Coast. There's a lot of I'm intrigued by the sport more than anything, and I just thought it was humorous that something it basically puck luck is admitting that you failed. That is what it is. It's not if you want listen, if you want to make yourself feel better about it and like somehow like the hockey gods didn't want you to win, so you mm-hmm. just call it puck luck. So he mentioned it, right? You know, he said, "Yeah, oh, listen, you know, if the you know, if the puck hit the uh, – if doesn't hit the, the post, you know, things are different. Of course. If the, if the guy catches the ball, it's different. You get a touchdown. If, um, if, the, if the field goal uh, actually doesn't hit the post, instead of being, you know, going outside, it goes inside and you actually get credit for it. That's all. It's just nothing. It's just – listen, every – don't you think every sport, like in it, in the guys that play that sport, they create like these, like, I don't know, like – they, they, these uh, trigger words are these scenarios in their head, and puck luck is one of them. It's almost like an excuse for like, hey, listen, well, I didn't fail. It was puck luck. The post, which just happens to be in the same spot every single game you play, like suddenly decided like to get in the way of the shot. So it's really not the post's fault. If you were uh, better at aiming and were you know more of a sniper, listen, then things would be different. But isn't that, but isn't that any different than say? a third baseman like Rafi Devers where the ball takes a funny hop on him, right? Like that. Yeah, what do you call that? that? Would be, Just a funny hop? It's no, called but something, that would, right? No, but that would be the baseball <laughs> version of puck luck. And, and I mentioned one like in football where 
Here's one for you. Remember when, Ant- was it Antonio Freeman, I think it was, with the Packers? Had he that- fell down? Yeah, he fell down, and then the ball landed on him, and no one touched him down, and he got up and ran in the end zone and stuff like that. Here's Let me give you, now, again, that is closer to puck luck than what Jacoby Myers did at the end of the Raiders game and completely soiling himself and losing his mind, throwing the ball backwards, and then you lose the game the way you lost the game there. So Whoa. puck luck to me... Just like it is the whether it's the seeing eye single or the bad hop or something like that, those are things that people maybe necessarily can't control, which is why you throw the element of luck on them. Well, but you can't control like your shot. You can't control whether you misfire or not. Like the good ones, the good ones, like they don't hit the post. No, but like puck luck could also be you're firing it in and the ball and the puck starts, you know, gets on end or rolls or starts hopping or something. And then the goalie's like, oh, Jesus. And it goes right by him, right? Like because it takes a weird bounce or you think you have it blocked or something well, like see, that. Well, see, to me, that's diff- that's, that, that is like the funny bounces. Like it's almost like an onside kick when it, when it kind of skims across the floor against the field and then you're waiting to catch it and then it just – it hits the right edge at the right time and then pops up and hits you in the face. That was always a fear of mine when I was, like, the onside kick guy. Like, I thought, okay, you're sitting there waiting for it. You don't think it's going to change course, and then sure enough, it hits something and pops up and right. hits you and you so, weren't ready for it. So, and a, uh, a texter said, uh, mention about a football punt. So is every punter great at hitting a lob wedge that spins back with a football when those balls get down on the one every time or to the point you get a little puck luck or football nope. luck where the ball lands on the 20, goes end over end, and then stops at the two-yard line. Or, well, or those guys, or can guys practice do that, that, don't they? they? Don't those guys practice it? Yeah, they, they do. They practice but the, the role. They do, but to think that it's going to happen consistently enough that there wouldn't be an element of luck is a little silly. See, I mean, listen, I, I can be real militant on this if I want to. Because I would say Whoa. that the well, punter, bring it, Commandant, Commandant Fourier is going to hunker been, down. <laughs> because it's like because I, I would say that uh, when you're at that level, and you know this, like the amount of time and effort that you put into doing those extra things at a high level to actually make it, like they literally would be out in the field for for hours and hours. Reversing the spin, holding the ball with the laces at a certain angle to promote like the right mm-hmm. spin and the right like bounce when it actually hits based on how it lands. And like rugby punters seem to have it better than most because they grow up kicking it a certain way. So they're used to kind of getting that role. So it's like the and, same for Ovechkin, except he just hits a post every once in a while. Yeah. Like even like the other day, there was the, uh, uh, was it Pasternak had those two goals. Right, and the first one he was just patient and patient. I don't know what is it, the five hole, whatever it is, his left shoulder. I mean, he was just he was so good. He's so accurate that the post is irrelevant. He's not hitting the post like someone who's not as talented hits the post. No, so but it's not there's puck luck. It's just listen, you just misfired. Nah, That's all. I don't know. I I do think puck luck is a thing because there are certain arenas and uh, Mena seventy nine in on this. Like, hits the stanchion, bounces weird, deflects off defenseman, past the goalie. That's a pure puck luck deal. So, I get it. I, I guess I can understand your uh, intellectual curiosity. <laughs> there you go. I didn't, well, re- you know, I didn't realize you were willing to, uh, you know, become one of the people from, like, Hogan's Heroes and be like, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. be militant about this one. 
Well, I mean, no, I can if I really if 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 the mood catches me the right way, and since I'm stuck in the sex room, okay, like I feel like that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> but you know, the other thing that always cracks me up, like this is like so. I wish I had more time with Razor. I have so many questions. So like. In baseball, do so you need a nerd segment with Razor? Where I, oh, you're yeah. just in oh, here? Oh, don't you? Well, you I definitely what? want a nerd segment with Razor. We, oh, yes. I don't even know if we call it a nerd segment. I think we need to create something just called <laughs> "Stupid Questions Only." Yeah, that's well, seriously. I don't think that was a bad question, though. No, no, so no. So think about this. But think you, about this, Greg. But you positioned it as, "Oh, this might be stupid," but so I'm only I going was, off what you said. Yeah, and I was just I was just watching highlights, and I was like, you know, hey, hit the post, hit the post. I was like, yeah, puck luck. I'm like, what is this? What is this guy talking about? He just it was a bad shot. He missed. So why don't excuse it away? So, like baseball. Okay, I'll die on this hill. Here we go. A couple of things make no sense to me with Major League Baseball. One, we're gonna create a sport, and then we're gonna play on a field. Okay, but every person's field can be different. They can have different dimensions. They can have a you know a, 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 a you know a, yeah. a short left field, a short right field, a deep. They can have more room on the side. Like you can, everything's going to be different. Yeah. Like what if what if like and then the managers are going to dress like the players. The managers who coach, they're going to actually look like players because they're going to dress like players. Like what if in the NBA? Oh man. Like you know, Joe Mazzulla put well, on like a, a Celtics uniform. Well, you know what? Now like these coach, you know like what? A player. Seriously though, when you look at the way NBA coaches dressed pre-pandemic and then post-pandemic, they're practically one of the players now. I I actually that's another pet peeve I have. I don't know where you stand on this, but I do think they should go back to wearing suits. I think the NBA coaches should go back to wearing suits. Not only do they do it, but everybody does it now. The pandemic has forced like college coaches, girls, or women's and men's, uh, high school. Nobody wears, nobody dresses like they're going to an important business meeting. No they one just, dresses like Mike Nolan when he was with the 49ers trying to go all Tom Landry. That was, that was see, but again, hardo moved by him. Yeah, but hardo moved by him. But that's what you're encouraging. You want the hardos to come back to be. You want Brad Stevens. You want a guy that respectfully looks like grown up McLovin in a three thousand three to five thousand yeah, dollars suit on the sideline. I think Brad really didn't try to dress up. He went tireless a lot. Like he was just business casual. But he, he like, but he still went suit though. Like he, he never. Well, well, yeah. He never went with like the matching black jacket with khaki pants. <laughs> no, I, I do think I do think they should bring the suits back. I like that business mentality. It's and also with football. So you mentioned Mike Nolan, former head coach of the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Like he did that in honor of his dad, right? So that was that was his thing. That sport is outside, played in the elements. You ne- you're going to put a big jacket on eventually once uh, you know November comes around. Mm-hmm. But hockey, the hockey coaches still do it. They still dress up. They still wear a suit. That's what I was going to say. They were displaced. Someone in the uh, Twitch chat mentioned that uh, hockey player or uh, excuse me, uh, hockey coaches are still dressing up in suits and things like that. But- yeah, I do think there there's a certain aspect of, and I don't know, maybe that's an old way of thinking. You know, but I feel like the hockey players and that environment and that philosophy they encapsulate more of what I am about as like a like a, a person as opposed to the way they handle things in the NBA. Like I like the mentality of hockey players. I like the way they go about their business. I like their work ethic. I mean, like they like they play through pain. They play through the craziest things. Like they're all kind of nutty in a way. You know, uh, as opposed to other sports where eh, I don't know if I would. So if you ever go to a casual wedding, 
then you've got a real problem. So, like, if people show up at the country club, right, and they're there for the, uh, they're there for the, what do they call that after the wedding? The uh, after party. The no, but there's a name <laughs> for it. It's the, the reception. Thank you. Yeah. When you go to the wedding, because I only had one. I had two marriages and only had one of those, and I'd like to forget about it. But so if if someone showed up dressed too cash to the reception, you would be like, no, this is no. a formal outing. It depends you- on where the wedding. It depends on where the wedding is. If you're having, I, I got married out on a beach. In Aruba. All I actually right. got married in the town courthouse. I but, got married in the courthouse, and then I went to Aruba to get married with like 10 people there. We were okay. all wearing like So a there is that, and I understand that if you're having it at like, you know, the if you're having your reception at the TPC versus the Elks Hall, I would automatically expect a different level of dress whenever they walk in there. But like with yours on the beach, it's good. Did everybody wear white and all that nope, corniness? No, nope, nope. we did, we gave no we gave no orders to say come as however you want. We don't care. We were already married. Which it was is, like a. It's interesting that you would say that, considering you're being a little persnickety on the way these nah, coaches are dressed and presenting no, themselves. No. I think you agree with me. I think most people. I don't care if they're standing buck naked. Just well, that win. would that would be interesting too. Well, but That'd for be- hockey coaches, you would never really know because they're well, behind the-, the bench. Well, the fact is though that okay, you could say you don't care, but it was there was this standard. That you know, and I think that 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 I liked. I liked it. You know, uh, it, it, you know. I don't want my coaches wearing. Can you just you know, admit zip ups? You're bougie. Just say it. No, that's please. all. Me bougie? Not a chance you're, in hell. You're bougie. Not a chance in hell. There are some things that I'm kind of like you know militant about. <laughs> Use that as the listen again the with the militant. What is up? No, with there's you? there's some things that I'm like definitely get off my lawn, guy. You gonna like, hit me uh, with a riding crop? Yeah. soon. <laughs> Are you coming yeah. here next time? Yeah. yeah, have like a long mustache and turn like this. Yeah, and, I do. I uh, don't you feel that way? I feel like you agree with me in a way. You act like you don't care. No, but it does bug you in a way because in Christian, your heart you're an old soul. When Gresh, have you, are you an old soul? When have you ever seen me dress like an adult? What if we? That doesn't. That's we are. Look, when you do TV, yeah. There you go. How about that? That's when you do TV. That's when you're at work. Thirty Gresh, to make money. When you're at work. Then when what about work, here? When you do games. Nobody dresses up. When you they know come what? To radio. Honestly, what I, wear, I wear my pajamas when I come to work. For uh, believe it or not, for UMass games now, no tie. Don't have to wear the collared shirt. I can just slam on a, an appropriate jacket with like a collarless shirt because yeah, you're on for like 12 seconds at the beginning. They're like, hey, here are these two idiots calling the game. And then they never go back to you. So I don't have to dress up for that. It's part of the reason why I love the job. If I had to go do like UConn games like you, wearing a $5,000 suit like you were when you did those games last year, no, nope, nope. I'd probably I wear have a, a CBS. See, there you go. There you go again. I wear a CBS issued blazer. Oh, it's got the whole little blazer. Little, they give it to me. They say, oh, what's your size? It is in my, it is in my uh, normal it, uh, it is in my normal attire when I'm having uh, parties on yachts to benefit foundations. It's yeah. not that purple jacket. No, it's no. the one that CBS gives me. Yeah. Lardy freaking dar. Look yeah. at you. Well, listen, you are parade around. Who's who's you're wearing gonna, a four thousand dollars suit? You're gonna to do TV. You're gonna parade around like Jim Nance. Look at my big CBS. <laughs> Blazer, you and Tony I was, Romo. I did try to like. I did ask him if I could wear it. I was like, I, I want to wear this just around. And they got very upset. Did they really? Just the idea. They they did not want. They they no. It's a true story. I was gonna wear it as like a costume or something like that. 
and I was gonna wear it on TV, or I was actually gonna bring it to work when I were, when I was working with Glenn and and, uh, and Lou, and they were very very upset about the the idea that I would actually even joke about what? or have the jacket be part of it. Yeah, the very they're very serious about their their jackets. Oh That's, boy. Do they you don't mess have around to, with your coat? Do you have to give the jet? Do you have to give it back? Like, Dude, is it no, just hanging there? Not. Oh, so no, you I do have, like, have it. So you can put it on right now if you wanted to. I can at least. I can go get it. I can. I can no, do no, the you next don't segment. have to. I'll I'm do just the next saying. segment in my CVS coat. Yeah, I will do it <laughs> for a gambling segment. Don't really love that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'll do it after. <laughs> I will do it when we do a sports segment. I'll do it. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> let's just run down some Red Sox real quick here. Uh, the Red Sox and Tanner Houck did talk about a contract in the offseason, and it went really nowhere because I think Tanner Houck is like, hey, uh, if the numbers are right, then I would consider it. But if not, maybe it is in my best interest to not sign one of these deals. And I know that Heim Bloom has said he wants to be more aggressive with younger players, but Tanner Houck kind of gave him the old uh, face palm a little bit. Um, there was a, a poll done by The Athletic. It was a 2023 spring training survey, and uh, there were predictions in there, but I know that um, there have been MLB executives who've been asked about the Red Sox offseason, and people have, they're taking their shots at the Red Sox, and it's interesting, Christian, that this is a team that was sixth in payroll last year. They're going to have a real good, I mean, they're going to have a big payroll this year, and yet people across the game are still kind of laughing at the organization. We're going to do this. It's going to be awesome. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you make that it's not like they have, you know, sunk to 20th in spending or something like that. It's more of the, ha, ha, you're spending and you're not good. Yeah. And when, when you look at that, it was funny because uh, uh, you mentioned the athletic, and I'll do this quick, Gresh, is, a couple of things stood out to me because they asked, they talked to a bunch of scouts and GMs, about 29 of them. It was all anonymous. And out of all, like, the like the, the, the Red Sox were in the worst category. So they had most improved lists, right, of American League teams. Yep. And the two of the teams on that list were the Yankees and Toronto. Okay, so that was in your own division. And the least improved team was uh, was the Red Sox at number four with 11 out of 29 votes. So in your own division... You are. You have two teams that are already good, and they have are they are getting votes by GMs and scouts as the most improved team. You, being the Red Sox, being in that division, are being identified as one of the least improved teams. Mm. I mean, it really, it really does kind of set things up for them having a disastrous of a season. If you believe this type of stuff, even the, when you go to the the worst uh, free agent signing, the Red Sox are are like number one on the list with uh, Masataka Yoshida as one of the worst offensive free agent signings in their conference. I mean, even if it's just even with Hyam Bloom, like who who is uh, who is one of the managers that is feeling the most heat, one of the GMs. Bloom got 20 of 29 votes. This is a make or break year for the Red Sox. If they don't do it, if they don't get respectable, if they don't make, I'll say this, if they don't make the playoffs, I feel like everybody is losing their jobs. I feel like Bloom, I feel like Core is a real easy target. All these guys, everything is going to be turned upside down if they don't make the playoffs. We will unpack more of that in the second half of Gresh and Foyer. It's 617-779-7937, but the lunchtime parlay is next. 
WEEI, WEEI, New England Sports Original. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Well, so much for the thought of Matt Patricia leaving. Apparently the news is breaking that Vance Joseph is going to be hired by the Broncos to be their defensive coordinator. Once he got passed over for the Colorado job, it was only a matter of time he's going to find his way back into that state there for you. You think? It's weird. It's an interesting hire by uh, by uh, uh, but no, he so. will. The question is, will he be having the time of his life? Oh, that, my that's God. That's the most important question. We're going back to Sergio Dip. I'm still waiting for all those ESPN people to make more excuses for that guy like they did whenever. Some... He just disappeared. Yeah. They needed they, to put they him. They don't ever use him anymore. They put him back on ESPN Deportes because clearly yeah. he wasn't ready for the role that he got thrown into. And no. Listen, there's a ton of product there, but I'm just waiting for all the, like, Jamel Hills of the world to be like, oh. No. No, no, no. All you people are wrong. It's like, how about, yeah. about that to He's your boss? He's excellent at his job. Give and him another try. Dear Lord. Well, yesterday we sucked at the parlay, and we've sucked at this for a while, and it's grating on me. Okay. Completely grating on me. <laughs> so here we're going to go once again. We'll get all tied into the Celtics and whatnot, and I've got an NBA game as well, so we're going to try to be better, people. We're going to try to be better. LeBron James said at the All-Star break that these games, these final 23-24 games the Lakers have, are among the most important in his career. LeBron James. Hi, LeBron. I'm going to take your word for it. I'm going to go Lakers minus six against a Golden State team that is very wounded. They just announced that Steph Curry is going to miss four games here after the All-Star break. Wiggins is already dinged up and down. I think Peyton is dinged up as well. So give me LeBron. I will take him at his word. Lakers minus six over Golden State. Landman, what do you got here to start the uh, second half with the Seas? I'm going with the Celtics. The uh, Jason Tatum in Indiana coming off an all-star MVP. Give me Jason Tatum over 29 and a half points against the Pacers tonight. There we go. Terp, what do you got? I'm going to stick with that game. I'm just going to take the Celtics minus the eight taking on the Pacers. Pacers are a middle-of-the-pack defensive team, and I don't think they can keep pace with the Celtics offense. So give me the Celtics minus eight. It really depends on how motivated the Celtics are tonight as well. It's kind of like that first game back. Is it sort of a re-entry like we've seen in other sports or are they going to be able to pick up where they left off? Because, again, 23 really important games for the Celtics. The so Pacers we got, did beat the Celtics earlier this year, too. So I think that could be extra motivation right before Christmas. So uh, that yeah. could be some extra motivation. And uh, the Pacers are, well, they were trying to uh, get a bunch of ping pong balls in the lottery. I know they're trying, but I don't know if it's going to work out for them. Celts minus eight. Tatum over 29 and a half. Lakers minus six. Your $10 will win you. $56.11. Good luck. Bet safely. Good luck. And um, I, maybe next week we'll get Christian up to speed to be able Uh-oh. to consistently pick on this as well. Well, because next Friday and then the Uh-oh. Monday after that with me being in Vegas for you, you have to like lead the way on the gambling stuff and calculate the odds and all that. Wait, 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 what? 
Hey, hey, Joe, excuse me. Yeah. Say, say what? Hey, so wait, so calculate calculate the odds. Huh? I thought you just made these numbers up. You uh, actually put this into like some sort of like little. Uh, so here's the thing. Y'all do this segment <laughs> at 1145 East Coast time, right? So that means. Why don't you I just would, call in? No, that means <laughs> I would have to be up at 845 West Coast time to be Easy. able to get these picks, calculate them in, da, da, da. No, it isn't that easy. easy. We're so leaving easy. at like 6.15 on Thursday night. We're getting there at 9.30 Vegas time. City that never sleeps. I, yeah, about? I get it. But guess what? I need at least a little bit, and and that's the thing. You know, We'll be fine. I'm going to put it into the Jermaine Wiggins calculator. Oh, Lord. Okay. For those- I'm sure nothing's going sure to go wrong. Don't worry about it. I'm sure the numbers will be as, as close as they can be. For those who missed it earlier today on the Greg Hill Show, I encourage you to go to the leads in hour one. Download that podcast, the weei.com. Uh, and Wiggy tried to do some math to back up his point on potentially trading one of the Bruins goalies. And he said over a 10-year period, basically I think the number that he had was like 394 games or something like that when the max only could have been 280 and he had some numbers wrong and Shime <laughs> having to explain it to him was actually kind of funny because Greg brought it up too and they started to figure it out right away that the math didn't necessarily add up and when they went to commercial and came back it was like Wiggs are you aware of that and then Jermaine was, you know, he was like, yeah, I, I moved a number to the wrong place. I'm sorry. And they uh, they tried to figure all that out. Well, oh. if, you, if, you, if you create your own, like, you know, math equation, if you create your own system, you're actually your answers are never wrong, right? I mean, you're always correct. So you do your own math, then you're yeah, right. You, you can create, make you create your own system. You I, don't know, my, number, I don't know about your numbers. My numbers are correct. So you've been doing math wrong your entire life. Isn't that what general managers in baseball have been doing forever? Because now yeah. everything is about all these different numbers that none of us ever grew up with, and they just punch them all in, yeah. and Suddenly that's what they think is going to be successful. And they create some new, like, uh, ah, we'll call it war. Yeah, war plus, 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 plus. They just, they're like every streaming service, right? It's instead of like, if they want to create like a new, like HBO, Showtime, ah, forget it, Apple. We'll just call it the same thing. We'll just add a plus to it. It'll we'll show everybody that it's different and better. Why? Because we added a plus. Plus means more. It's not really because you have to pay for that extra service. Is there a uh, vivid plus? Is there a vivid plus streaming service we might be able vivid to tap plus? into? Is there, a por- there is a Pornhub pl- a premium. The, oh, really? There's oh. a Pornhub premium. Yeah. Well, you're smartening you're smartening me up to something that I didn't know. Yeah, I know you're. You know, I know you're yeah, sitting yeah. outside the sex room and at the uh, at uh, Chez Foyer, and uh, I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know that you had the uh, Every, there's premium, a premium subscription. For everything. There's Got a premium. Uh, what is it? Uh, Was it a thirty plus? day trial that hooked you in that you forgot to cancel or one of those deals? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm one of those guys that I used to get sucked into those things, and I would end up like uh, an automatic the debit, like whatever. It would just like take the money out. Until, like, I give myself, if I do do something like that, I give myself a little, like, reminder on my calendar. Alarm goes off. Hey, delete premium plus, plus, plus. Oh, yeah. It's seven ninety nine a month. Wow. Yeah. That's no, right. They don't, get me, they don't get me anymore. You don't, don't get me anymore. You have, do you, nope. you have, like, a burner credit card for those I you actually, can put in there? And- no, no, no. <laughs> nothing's being hidden. I used to, I one time, actually, a while, I, there's this one app that you can get that literally goes through all your finances, all your charges, all your debit and credit charges. Yeah. And then it brought up a list of things that I was being charged for. 
Yeah. I forgot what it was, but it, it, it was there was about at least I'm not even kidding, at least twenty to twenty five things that I forgot that I was paying for that I don't use anymore. E- easily turn a bucks a month. Easily. Easily on and that many. Like, yeah. And then they actually uh, they actually canceled it for me. Right, so they they canceled all yep. those things, and so I, it was it was the best thing I've ever done. I just stumbled across it. So all the in money, one of my rabbit holes. So all the money that you were spending, you ended up paying someone to fix it for you because Absolutely. you were terrible at following yes. along. Yes, dear no, Lord. I mean, listen, I welcome to America. No, welcome to no my Billy, life. I don't think ever, you're not like that, Billy. Why can't we think of stuff like that? Where it's like <laughs> the people like Foyer who need help on that end. How come we couldn't invent something that simple? What do you need? Somebody to get on the phone and like yell at these people? Hey, he's canceling. That'd be a good idea too. Like you'd say, be good at that. You'd who, be really me? good at that. No, oh, yeah. no, no, no. Hey, no, listen. No. So no, this no, guy. No. Let's say I'm. Oh no, you tell me stories all the time about how you have to get on the phone and you're the bad guy. I have, like you're a, my, you're my a wife really is, good guy. My wife you're is a very great nice, guy, yeah. but you can turn like mean and nasty in a hurry. Well, and like it's all an that. act. Like, yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, no, you can. when I sing my teeth into people, you need to. Yeah, like that car dealership I mean. down the road from our house. Yes. I, I stormed out of there so hard <laughs> one day, they called my wife before I got home. <laughs> that's making a scene, ladies and also, gentlemen. I feel like everybody, that's like. Glad there's you know no video of be? that. You know what you could be? You know that story I told about Disneyland where I hired the handicapped guy to b- put me in front of all the lines? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sweet You Jesus. could be. That version for people who are too afraid or chicken to go like you so know like, stand up for themselves. Yell at people on the phone. Yeah, that could no, be my or gimmick. in person. <laughs> Hi, I represent. Uh, I represent so and so. Yeah, listen. Uh, I heard you've been being a real jerk. Yeah, okay, I want you to. It's you're basically like a mobster in a way. I guess they actually have those. Oh my god! You turn into a mobster. We head to the lunchtime <laughs> hour. What Brad Marchand said about the President's Trophy and the Stanley Cup, and you're going to want to hear it. You might have read about the comments, but you'll want to hear exactly what he said next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 